0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bears All Access here from PNC Studios at Atlas Hall. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Paul Ziranger, engineer, and Dan Brilly, our producer. Good to have you with us and good to be joined by Bears wide receiver the second year Georgia Bulldog javon Wims, thanks for giving up some of your time how you doing you all right right. I'm
1: good thank you for having
0: me yeah this is your debut v- uh, voyage on this show right
1: absolutely yeah
0: it's fun you'll be able to uh, tom asks a bunch of serious questions no this is what he always tells every guest who comes in here first oh, i'm gonna ask all the fun questions and then jeff's gonna ask all the serious questions oh. but it's such baloney you know I, well, he I, likes to fancy himself i to say
2: i have a serious question to start this off to start the show yeah you can't so, even say like how are you uh, hi, we sat down here and talked, but yeah. I don't like to talk to him off the air because I'd rather meet him radio? and talk to him on the air. So my birthday is August 16th, All right. and Elvis Presley died on my birthday, and Ooh. I remember it forever. Your birthday is 9-11. <laughs> yeah. So wow. that day in itself, that being your birthday, is it a weird reminder every one of your birthdays? Because every, every birthday I have, I'm, I'm 58. I still remember that Elvis died on my
1: birthday. When you have Boy. an event
2: like that on your birthday – do you remember that every every birthday?
1: I remember it, but you know, it that's the only day I get to be selfish. Right. So I you know, I think of it as like, you know, there was a lot of bad that happened that day, but in a selfish way, I can say the one good thing is I was born that day.
0: Right. <laughs> mm. I, what, what do it? your parents say about that day?
1: I mean, you know, we don't they don't say nothing about it like far as in a negative sense. We don't focus on like, you mm-hmm. know, a negative of course we know it like it happened, everything but like the only time we like really focused on it was the two years, like the year it happened and the year after that. But after that, we just started to just celebrate my, my birthday on a day.
2: So reading stuff about you, I got you at 6'4", 215, 6'2", 221, and six four one ninety. What are what are
1: you? I'm the tallest one on there. <laughs> no, right? No, no.
2: I'm saying that those are the three different weights and heights that I have for you yeah. when I go and read things about you. Mm. You're so you're six four, right? Six realistically six three and a half six uh about 221 221 all right because it's different you know you don't know what to read be and every time i see you on the practice field since the day you got here i knew you weren't six two no
0: i'm not six two right it's interesting because this week we had a we had a bears um bears event with roquan smith uh downtown uh for wbbm on our uh, bears after dark series and marcus robinson was in was in the room and uh Marcus was here, you know, a long time ago, and was a heck of a receiver. But he started on a practice squad and wasn't getting a lot of opportunity or whatever. But he was in that mode of the first big wave of big receivers, mm-hmm. and boy, he was—he was telling stories about just the, how the rules have changed. Like you know, he says today he'd be tearing it up because you know you were able to beat guys up. Oh yeah. Now you can't. So it's interesting with that size what you can. Due to a a DB now too with your size and what he couldn't do or what they were able to do to him and uh, it's interesting when you talk to players of different eras, it's not that long ago but it's interesting to me do you feel you have that ability to deliver some punishment too because of your size
1: oh yeah I definitely have an advantage Um, you know when it comes to blocking even when it comes to catching um, you know I could use my body in ways like a basketball player box out and you know I kind of just can smaller DBs they size really don't affect me. You know, if the ball is around me, I am typically can just go over them and catch it. you remember the name, Rockish
0: Robbins? He grew up like 10 minutes from Roquan, actually.
1: Uh, I don't know him personally. Yeah. Or, um, he was a heck
0: of a receiver yeah. here and had a 1,400-yard season and so Ooh. forth. But, you know, yeah. th- this <laughs> is the value because, you know, you're just – you accept any little opportunity that comes your way right now, Absolutely. every target, but this is a guy who started on the practice squad, and they, they were tearing up the Bears' defense. He and a running back, James Allen, at that time, and they finally got their chance, and look what happened. He had a really long career, great career. You just, you just wait for your moment, man. You just never know when it's going to be that
1: oh, yeah. time. Anytime they come, I'm ready for it.
2: Well, you know you're doing a good job of creating your moment because throughout my career, from the first game to the last game, I was on kickoff return yeah. every single game I ever played um your first block on the first kickoff return for a touchdown <laughs> excellent work number one you set the guy up perfectly you stayed on your feet you had a great block and then you're able to turn around and kind of you know try to get into patterson's path but it wasn't going to happen but you did a great job in that so those are the opportunities that you have to perform that are mm-hmm. really going to expand help you expand your role on this team
1: oh yeah absolutely special teams is major especially for a guy who went seventh round uh, you know you got to make your mark or, you know, find a play a way to be uh, relevant on, you know, any special teams or, you know, at any opportunity you get to be on the field, you just got to find a way to be relevant. Would you want to stay
2: to 18 your whole career, or did you ever imagine eating yourself into a tight end? Because we've had a couple of guys here in the Chicago Bears past. Emery Moorhead drafted out of Colorado as a kick returner and a wide receiver, and he mm-hmm. ended up finishing his career in double digits as mm-hmm. a tight end.
1: Oh, that's crazy. Um... With today's game, how the tight ends are not necessarily like your typical or your traditional tight ends. I mean, I wouldn't mind it if that's what the team needed me to do, but right. I would prefer to stay at receiver.
2: Well, you keep blocking like that on kickoff return.
1: Well, you know? yeah, you know, I. It's a heck you know. of a job.
2: <laughs> I just wanted to tell you it was a heck of a job, and it was it was nice to see you. You, you get such a nice block, mm. and then have the reward of the return for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, it felt like I scored when, when I
0: got down there. <laughs> see, now you can imagine what it felt like around here when Devin Hester was doing. Oh that. man, those guys genuinely felt like they scored touchdowns. Man, a, he yeah, he the best to do it. Well, Cordero is uh, the best right now in the league. I mean, he's yeah. one away from matching the all-time record. Yeah, you believe that? Eight, eight return touchdowns. So he's one away. And uh, I was talking to him earlier today because he he doesn't do a lot of talking. Like, mm. He j- he's a fun guy though, and he's he's cool and all. But he doesn't want to talk about himself. And but he he does have an edge to him about this kick return thing, especially in this franchise.
1: Oh, he takes it serious, and um, you know. I want to see him. I want to. I want him to get one more and like actually tie it up this year. I really do. Oh, he's I, he's going to. I believe he is. He, you know,
2: because he's willing to take it out.
0: There's so many other guys that oh, they nah, have no intentions. Oh,
1: uh, every time it's back there, if it's returnable, he's gonna right. take it out.
0: So. I was kind of surprised though, looking back at it, because Devin returned so many. And granted, I I knew the punt return thing was was his bailiwick, but to think that the all time record is only eight, mm-hmm. and yep. now they're changing the rules so. I mean, not many guys are going to be returning kick return touchdowns. They got to, hey, yes, like you said, Tom, be willing to take it out, but also have the ability to break tackles like he does. He's so thick. When he gets ahead of steam, forget about it. What's a bailiwick? I don't know. It's not <laughs> cliche. Is, we it got really, it. is it really something? Look, look it up. I have no idea. That's a great question. Time for somebody to look it up in a dictionary. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to take our first break. We're with Javon Wims as we break down the Bears in 2019 with the. Young wide receiver with Tom Theron, Jeff Joniak, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com with Javon Wims, Jeff and Tom, and Paul Zarang and Dan Brilli, our producers and engineer, good to have you alongside as well. The Bears getting ready to meet the L.A. Chargers and Phillip Rivers coming to town on Sunday at Soldier Field. Well, the pregame at 9, kickoff at noon on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM,
1: WBBM. Why the nickname Juice? Mom gave it to me, but uh, far <laughs> – yeah, she gave it to me when I was younger. But as um, far as, like, when I moved to Jacksonville, my friends, I had, like – I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Tup- uh, Juice and Tupac play uh, right. the character Bishop. Yep. And he had the haircut, the box fade with the uh, the part in it, and <laughs> just like just Tom called, used to. Everybody, everybody called it like the juice, the juice uh haircut. So when I moved to Jacksonville, my friends, you know, they just started calling me Juice. Did you have a haircut like that? I did. Really? Yeah. How long have you been growing your hair? Uh, I, it was funny. So I used to have a little hair like my whole life. Right. I think I have had like every hairstyle you could think of. <laughs> I probably have. But, why?
0: Why do you need to change so much?
1: Uh just I don't think of it. thing. I don't think the change is like while I can grow hair. I like to uh, at least say I did everything. (laughs) Well, you know, I always envy
2: guys with nice heads of hair because I imagine the cushion under the helmet's a lot better than, you know, putting that cold plastic right on there. I'm sure it is. You know, I remember this training camp um, one day. Prince Mukumara looked at you and he said, man, that dude got faster. And he was talking about you. Can you still get faster um, at this stage of your career? Is it harder to get faster or did you get faster? From last year,
1: I think I got a lot faster and quicker from last year, but that just took me like a dedication all season and uh, just it took discipline because I had to change my diet and I had to change like because I was like extremely. I wouldn't say I was overweight last year, but I weighed like probably the most I have in a whole season span last year, and to compare to now, How, the so the food discipline
2: that you have offered to you here um, because the food is so good and there's so much yeah. of it. You know, is you know do you have to watch yourself? For, from not eating too much
1: oh, of course yeah definitely and you know when it's here and it's by you know it's by you know buffet style so right? that's
0: the problem it's buffet style
1: yes yeah, buffet style <laughs> and usually at you know at Georgia you know you kind of they have people tell you okay now nah, you're not eating that you're not eating this and now you you know you you're on your own so I had to just like be disciplined and tell myself okay like during a camp and during um the beginning parts of the season, just stay on a strict meal plan, certain things. So I had to cut out a lot of things that I don't eat now.
0: So what was uh, something you ate repeatedly last year that you definitely can't eat this year?
1: Steaks. Oh, okay. Steaks. Really? Mm -hmm. See, I wouldn't think that's so bad. It's good protein. It is. It's great protein, but at the same time, you know, just stay with red meat. I'll take um, you know, fish and, you know, baked chicken and stuff like that now. Interesting. What do you have a cheat day? I do. Yeah. I have two actually. Yeah. Since, you know, we practice and I burn it off a lot, I'm allowed to have two. All
0: right. And do you run this through like Jen Gibson and the nutrition department or is this just your plan?
1: No, this is my plan, but me and I've talked with Jen about it and, you know, she told me she definitely, and even the strength coach, uh, you know, Jay Z, he, t- he definitely told me he wanted me to, um, they want me to play at a, a lighter weight this year.
2: You know, in the game this past week, um, Allen Robinson and number 22 were going at it so <laughs> much. Johnson. It was it was hard not for you to yeah. pay attention to it. In the pra in, the, in training camp, you had a little scuffle, didn't you? One practice.
1: <laughs> Yeah.
2: You know, so, but it was kind of, you know, the analogy between the two is because it looked like something got under Alan Robinson's cross so bad he couldn't let it go. Mm. And I just remember being out there at that practice, you could kind of feel a little bit of, you can always feel the tension before it actually yeah. happens. Is it the same way for you as like, can Alan feel it? And could you feel it in that practice?
1: Uh, Yeah. You know, it's, it's usually, you know, I, and you know, is a very calm, level-headed guy and, you know, I'm, calm you know I really won't say much during the game unless someone is like barking at me right but you know I pretty much won't, you know bark back it's just it's the actions the things that people do that will get up on me like you can talk all you want but once you start doing stuff after the whistle and once you start doing like little small slick stuff then I feel like you know I got to protect myself right yeah I I
0: felt maybe it was one of the tackles that that he made it was a little much Gardner Johnson in that game as a rookie out of Florida but I don't I forgot if he's from Florida, but Florida guys like chatting a little bit. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was getting under more than just Allen Robinson's skin yeah. a little bit in that game. Uh, but again, that's part of the game too, and uh, it was a frustrating day in, in the bigger picture. So you can you can appreciate uh, people's emotions and so Absolutely. forth. Yeah. Um, so you know, let, let's go with that because I think there is a lot of frustration, mm-hmm. you know, in, in in the building, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but. Um, I know uh, Mitch said, yeah, the players did get together and talk yesterday. And um, they're not going to say what it's about, obviously, because it is a player's only thing. But do you feel it was worthwhile and beneficial in the the big picture?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, it's it's just guys, you know, not just speak on, you know, what was said, but just the main thing, you know. Just like, you know, you guys probably will hold each other accountable, you know, here at what you guys do. And, you know, same thing with I'm pretty sure the chefs hold each other accountable, the coaches. So it's just, you know, the main thing, we we all striving for the same thing is to win.
0: The good thing is you are a tight team. Mm -hmm. You always have had,
1: at least under Matt and Aggie,
0: everybody enjoys working with each other, going to practice and having fun and playing. Obviously, you'd like to have a little more success on offense to get those wins, but does it make it easier to talk freely when you guys have all the mutual respect that you have for each other?
1: Absolutely. When you have, uh, you know, like I said, everybody is no, is no malicious intent. Everybody, you know, want the same you know, same thing. Everybody want to win. So when you have, you know, everybody striving for the same thing and nobody have an ego issue, nobody, you know, pride is hurt or anything like that, it's, it's beautiful whenever you can say how you feel and not, you know, feel like you're stepping on toes. Did you play special teams in college? Never. Okay. I've never So <laughs> now now <laughs> you're a professional and
2: everything amps up. It's more serious. Yeah. Now because you have to go to the seriousness of the special team meetings, mm-hmm. and it's kind of all for one and one for all. If there's yeah. one segment that's suffering, everybody in their room is suffering, mm-hmm. and then you got to go back to offensive meetings. Has that expanded the amount of time that you're in meetings because of you're on special teams in a professional level, or is it something that, you know, Uh, you've been a part of since you've been in the NFL?
1: I mean, I've been a part of it since, you know, I've been in the NFL. You know, I always had to be in a special team meeting since I don't think, um, you know, I was talking with A-Rob and he told me, he said, you know, you might as well get used to being in special teams until you uh, get a 1,000-yard receiver season (laughs) or, you know, 800-plus-yard receiver season. Other than that, you might as well just be in there.
2: You know, it's better because then you have a jersey. Then you're active on game day. Yeah. You're part of the roster. And, the, you know, that was always my goal was to always to be on kickoff return because I knew if anything else failed, I was still on kickoff return. So it it, it is a way that you got to, you know, stake your claim to your locker and you look at a guy like Sherrick that's been here, yeah. you know, for as long as he has. It's because of his effort on special teams.
1: Absolutely. There's much respect to him as well. So, you know, whenever he speaks, guys, definitely listen. Because- Could
2: you be a flyer on punch? Team now that he, he so he's in concussion protocol yeah. and they say Javon we need you as a flyer your size your speed could you make a tackle
1: yeah I okay. mean I, I didn't show that I could do it before so I don't see why I couldn't do it now
2: okay yeah well you know it's it's that's just not something that you do fundamentally in nah, the offensive but side of it I
1: look at it like you know it's like playing basketball rebounding you know rebounding don't take a skill it just take effort yeah mm-hmm. so special teams really it takes some uh you know some technique or, what, or you or whatever but. It's more of an effort thing with special th- with special teams.
0: It had to be uh, extremely hard to do a lot of watching
1: last season. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely tough. Yeah. Uh,
0: was it? Were some tough moments for you week to week? Just uh, thinking yeah. about it.
1: Yeah, because mainly I'm a competitor and I wanna, you know, I wanna get out there and I wanna help. I don't want to just be out there, just to be out there. I want to be out there and I want to help. And you know, I feel like whenever I'm contributing, uh, the team have a better chance of winning. But that's just the competitive side in me. But you know me watching, of course, it's gonna be tough. But I definitely, you know, was still supporting. Learn anything? Yeah, of course. What'd you learn? That I don't want to be there again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? You had a good combine.
2: I had a good combine. I was drafted in the fourth round, and I've been bitter because of it since.
1: Yeah. You were drafted when you got drafted. And I'm bitter as well. (laughs) Okay.
2: That's what I wanted to
1: hear. I'm bitter as well, but it's a. That's what's gonna help you last longer. Absolutely. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, two bitter guys as we get set for the next round of Bears Football Week 8 coming up against the L.A. Chargers. We're going to step away here. With Paul Zerang and Dan Borelli and you listening, we thank you very much. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Sunday's game against the L.A. Chargers brought to you by Jewel Osco, the official grocery store of your Chicago Bears. Jeff Joniak the top there, and our special guest this week on Bears All Access is Javon Wims. You and I sat down. We did a TV interview for Bears Game night, game Day Live a couple of weeks back, and your your journey, uh, if people haven't researched it, has been it was just kind of, Unbelievable that you had the uh, the resilience to stay on yeah. track and and achieve your dream. You know, w- you went to a bunch of schools. You had to bide your time. I, how did you maintain the patience? Oh. And now, in turn,
1: patience for you get your big opportunity here. <laughs> I always just think that you know, um, it, it's tough. It's definitely hard. It's definitely hard, but. The, to get to where I'm at now, it definitely took a lot of um, took a lot of patience, took a lot of sacrifice, and you know I definitely had uh, people in my corner, you know who were rooting for me, who were helping me, and praying for me. Yeah, your mom and dad, first
0: Absolutely. and foremost, right? The impact of those two individuals in your life, obviously everyone wishes they had that. Not yeah. everybody does get that though. C- yeah. Certainly, that's not not the case. But you know, w- without it, do you think you'd be in the NFL?
1: Uh, no, probably not. To be honest with you. Um, you know, my mom and my dad, they both pushed me and, you know, you can only do so much individually. And I think, you know, individually, I, I probably would have, I'm not gonna say given up on myself, but I probably would just settled and, um, just stayed at my first school. But, you know, just my, my mom and my dad making me realize how, uh, how blessed athletically I am that it made me want to, um, explore other options. And did, that was the spark to get me.
2: Did you want to play or did you do something in the game that made you want to play more? Um, you know you what know, I'm saying? Did, did you want to go out there every day and practice and play football? Or did you go out there reluctantly, then finally you made a big catch, you made a big hit, you made something that kind of excited you
1: to keep playing the game? So, yeah, so when I got to my first school, I was happy I was in college, 18, happy I was in college, or whatever. But as the season went on and I wasn't really playing much, you know, I kind of was like, I'm reluctant to go kind of just there just because I got to be there. I think one of the seniors went down, and I had to play, like, a whole game. And I went off that game. And then it made me, was like, okay, this is, like, easy. And I really didn't even know much of the plays. And I went out, and I think I had, like, five catches, like, 150 yards or something like that. And it was, like, easy for me. And I was, like, okay, yeah, I definitely – If I could do that now, I definitely can do that at the next, you know, another level.
2: So there's a year in college that you went from 17 catches to 45 catches the next year. How did you do that? Was it study? Was it just that you matured? You got better. You started to realize
1: your own talent. Um, That it took that was growth, right? You know, I definitely grew in all the right areas, and it was opportunity. You know, it was time. I got an opportunity, and I didn't look back. You know, they gave me more responsibility. And then as the season went on, my targets started getting more and more because I became more reliable. And, I, you know, I, I told them, and I went. I remember having a uh, meeting with my office coordinator at the time and my receiver coach and letting them know, like, you know, I want the opportunity. I want the opportunity to make plays and help, especially, you know, we had at the time had Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle you know, two decorated backs in college. Right. You know, at least I could do is give them some help. <laughs> so, right. so when they run the ball, so I asked for it and, you know, I produce.
2: Did they put an emphasis on blocking at the college level for you? Because oh, yeah. I think when you come to the NFL, if you don't block or if you're not willing to block, you're not going to play.
1: No, that's definitely an emphasis at Georgia. Right. Of course, you know, you guys really, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we definitely had to block and not only just block corners or safety. We had to block DNs and linebackers as well. Very good. So – you know, we definitely—it was—it's a, a huge emphasis. Javon Wims, our guest here on Bears All
0: Access on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score. So, what you went through last year, he's going through this year. Absolutely, Riley Ridley. So, as a rookie, came in with uh, with the with the, uh, the label as an outstanding route runner already, like pro ready route runner. But as I was talking with your receivers coach uh, the other day. He said, man, he goes, it's nothing that he's not doing. It's just there's a bunch of guys in front of him right now.
1: Yeah. Um, same thing even when I got here last year. It was the same thing. as, you know, nothing. Of course, I needed to grow in some areas. And, you know, same with uh, Riley. You know, you never complete yet, so we're all still growing. But, you know, same thing. You know, it's, it's nothing that, you know, we're not doing. It's just, you know, we have great guys. You know, we have a, a very good receiving room. You got a pretty good crew,
2: crew here from Georgia too. Yeah. When you look at all the guys in this team and what they really mean to the future of this, um, do you have any? did you have any re- good relationships in college with those guys or were you, you know, hanging with other guys in your team just because there's different in ages between all you guys?
1: No, nah, I definitely – I never played with Leonard Floyd, but Roquan played with Floyd. Uh, me and Riley never played with Floyd, but um, of course me, Riley, and Roquan had a great relationship. Javon Wims, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio. This is
0: Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. In, in terms of exactly what is going on offensively, how would you describe the overall disappointment that these things aren't working like you thought they were as an offense? And what are, what are, what are your discussions like with teammates and so forth?
1: Uh, You know, it's not, it's not disappointment. It's more so like, you know, we understand, like, with def- it's different from defense. Defense, you get guys out there just swarm to the ball. And, you know, it's not saying, like, defense is easier than offense, but it's more easier to be productive on e- uh, on defense. Offense, it takes time and takes trust. And we understand that this thing is not going to happen overnight. And, you know, we're still being patient with it, but – we also understand, like, once it get clicking, uh, you know, we showed last season, once it's clicking, it's, it's going to click and it's going to, you know, drive this train.
2: Well, Matt talked last year a lot about um, Mitch and the whole offense from a 101 college class to a 201 college class. Do you feel like you're getting there, you individually, as all your assignments as a receiver, the different positions you could line up, and even to even expand your role and mm-hmm. move around and uh, do things out of the backfield from an H-back position mm-hmm. from a slot receiver to a wide receiver. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I feel like, you know, i definitely grown a lot from last season to now, and it shows. And, um, you know, I I feel like I could do all all of those things that you mentioned. It's just, you know, opportunity. You had a good camp. I did. Yeah, you did. You know, I think some of
2: the biggest catches that, you know, the crowd appreciated there <laughs> were, you know, end zone efforts by yourself. Yeah. It's good to see.
0: I uh, heard you put your dancing shoes on this
1: week. <laughs> yeah. Did you see
0: that? What? You see what he did this week? Uh huh. Tell him what you did this week.
1: So um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yesterday. Oh, was it? Was, was it yesterday? Nah. It was Monday. So Monday, I um went to a dancing yoga class and surprised the lady who was battling uh, breast cancer, but she survived. So I got her, uh we got her tickets and a field pass to this week's game and um a thousand dollar gift card wow. uh, with Jewel Oscar.
0: But he was there's there's video of it I think on the Bears uh, yeah. on the Bears site so he's and it was a lot of uh what, was it was seniors and a lot yeah, yeah a absolutely. lot of se- but all survivors cancer survivors all cancer survivors. so what what brought you to that event?
1: Well, my stepmother battled against uh, breast cancer when I was in junior college, and you know, it could have been fatal, but you know she um she survived and she beat it. So I made a conscious effort anytime there's something I can do, you know, I will do it. And he did it. And so there's video of him dancing with all these ladies. Yeah, it was, it was fun. They had smiles as
0: big as oh. his right
1: now, and he was showing them a move or two.
0: Yeah, it was, it was fun. Well, I, I couldn't hear it for some reason, or I couldn't hear it. So what kind of music was being played?
1: I couldn't even tell you what kind of music was being played, <laughs> but, you, you know, were just moving to it. It was something that got, you know, they were moving to it, so if they moving, I'm moving.
2: Man, you're going to have to bring Club Dub with you sometime. If you go to another one of those dance classes and have them <laughs> put on their music at first and then bring the Dub atmosphere Club around. Club
0: Dub Cancer Survivor right. class, there yeah, you go, featuring go. Juice, Juice, Juice Wim- right? yeah, I Might, might got to host a class. That might, <laughs> we might got to do that. Yeah, you know, uh we had... uh Twenty-four Buster Screen on here a couple of times, and I don't know if you know this or not, but he he has been on television with mm-hmm. Dr. Oz. You know all about all this?
1: Yeah, he he's pretty decorated. Yeah, he's decorated. <laughs> he, <laughs> in a workout
0: workout class thing. He's got the whole workout thing going on. So maybe he can get us all out there a time or two. It'd be it'd be interesting. Javon Wims, our guest here <laughs> on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score. Who you who you tight with
1: on the team right now? Who I'm tight with? Uh, you who, know, who are I, your guys? I spend the majority of my time with the receivers, but far as outside of them. Uh, you know, Belial Nichols, that's my guy. You know, he stay above me. So, like, I'm always around him. Who's Who do you locker next to since they put
0: people in place? Oh, it's always interesting. To Leonard
1: go. Floyd and, uh, and, really? Trey, and Trey Burton. Got Florida wow. Gator next to me. Right, uh, right. Uh,
0: keep that SEC talk going. Does he chat about
1: it? Oh, man, he don't shut up at all. <laughs> He's always talking about Florida.
0: That's the thing about – SEC schools, all these guys. You guys all do it.
1: Yes, yeah, you know it's a pride thing. Mean, that's part thing.
0: of it. Yes, yeah, school pride. Well,
2: last night with Roquan and we introduced him to Marcus Robinson. Marcus
0: Robinson had to make a point. Where's he from? South, South Carolina. 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 Yeah. Took you it know. on the chin. Took so, it on the chin. Roquan likes that talk, though. He's getting under Tom's skin
1: about Notre Dame this year.
0: Well, that loss by Georgia to South Carolina killed Notre Dame's chances of
2: getting a possible possible national championship.
1: Oh uh, yeah, y'all yeah, wouldn't get that shit.
2: <laughs> if we if we <laughs> ran the table, if we ran the table from barely losing to Georgia at home,
1: no, nah, I don't I don't be, I don't believe in you guys. I don't, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't believe in you guys. Who who
0: do you believe in right now in the college game? Georgia. Georgia still, eh? Yeah, huh? Georgia. I yeah, believe in
1: Georgia. I, it's
0: interesting, that's for sure. I I can't believe the number of of players that come out of the SEC. And and you know guys like yourself that, you know, y- you are not a headline guy, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of Uh, the attention that some of the receivers get in the SEC or elsewhere in the country, but there's places for you in the NFL.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, just, you know, opportunity, whenever it presents itself, you got to be ready to seize it.
0: Did Terrell Davis ever talk to you guys back in the day? Because he he was a Georgia kid who wasn't a lot
1: of of time in in the college game, became a Hall of Famer. Uh, I think, yeah, Terrell Davis stopped by uh, one time, if I'm not mistaken. uh, Ben Watson did as well because I think he was a tight end at uh, Georgia um it was aj i taught aj green before uh he came and talked in the receiver room that was pretty cool How about his
0: situation man almost a full year now still not ready to play yeah that's tough yeah that's don't want it you want to stay away from the injury bug man oh, knock man. on wood knock on wood how are you practicing patience right now because
2: you know we talked about your first decision a senior got hurt man you went in and you fulfilled the role now it's kind of you like you're Patiently waiting for that opportunity to present itself here. So, how do you go back and have good work ethic and practice, but make sure that you're prepared for? Because you know, football players they don't get a slip in their locker saying this is a notification where you're going to play. Yeah, it's like someone tweaks something and you're and it's in. On the
1: spot. How are you pay- going through patience right now? Oh uh, well, first when I practice, you know, I practice, you know, not to be selfish. Of course, I practice for the team, you know, for us to be better. But right. you know, I practice to make myself better, and I feel like if you know, if I'm continue to make myself better, you're only getting better, you're getting worse. There's no in-between. There's no, like, just, right. you're just cruising. So every time I'm out there, you know, I'm watching Alarupson, I'm watching Taylor Gabriel, and, you know, those guys who had success in the NFL. And I take, especially A-Rob, I take we about the same size. I take everything right. he do and I incorporate it in my game. And every time I'm out in practice, I try literally the stuff that he did last game that got mm. him open, where, where there's releases, is at the top of his route. I may try it and add it in my game. And it just put my own twist on it.
2: Who's the tallest between you, A Rod,
1: and Cordero? I'm the tallest. Are you? We probably, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I know he's probably pretty tight. Yeah, he's yeah. probably the same height. I'm going I'm to
0: I'm I'm go with Juice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think And then, I'm then the maybe Cordero, and then maybe Allen. Yeah, it might be that way, yeah. actually. Who knows? There's
2: a group of big guys right yeah, there. It is. You put them yeah, on the line is. of scrimmage, you're not going to have matchup coverage against them.
0: All right, we've got to take a break. Not one about. more segment here with Javon Wims, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Be sure to stop by the Middle Light Ultimate Tailgate before the next Bears home game on Sunday, October 27th. The tailgate opens at 10 a.m. through one hour postgame and located at the Field Museum Ultimate Tailgate. Free for fans of all ages and a great place to stop for food and drinks before. Heading into the game. Javon Wims, our guest with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for listening, everybody, here on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 the score. You you talked about Allen Robinson before the break, and he continues to impress me and everybody else, uh, again, with his seriousness and his attention to detail. And, you know, Mike Furry says if you can get a target catch rate anywhere between 70 78%, you know, you're in the elite category. And for the first time in his career, at least at this point through seven games, He's in, the, he's in the mid-70s. He's always been in the 60s and the 50s for, for a variety of reasons. got a lot of targets back in Jacksonville and so forth. But when that happens, that, that makes you in a special category. Absolutely. Um, to get there, though, it involves not only the right offense, but the concentration, winning your routes, winning the top of your routes. Out of all that, what is Fury unlocked in you
1: that you can see yourself doing that one day? Um. He just showed me that, you know, I've definitely learned a lot from him. And I definitely, you know, he played receiver and he had success. And one thing about me, I've never truly had a receiver coach, even when, you know, I never had a really? receiver coach. Never. How, what are you talking well, about? Well, you know, I had, I had a receiver coach at Georgia, but he was, you know, I never had a guy who played the position okay. and had success at it. You know, my receiver coach at the time, he's a great officer of mine. He was a officer coordinator, but, you know is the first like receiver coach that I've actually had that, you know, know all the details and know everything that ends out about being a receiver. So even going back to high school. No. Nah, I pretty much was my own coach at high school. Junior college. Uh yeah, but my coach specialized in defense, who so was my receiver coach. Interesting. That was his thing. Wow. So you do you feel kind of gypped? Uh a little bit from a coaching point of view? I won't say I won't say that because I've definitely learned you know, everywhere I went, I'm not. They were great coaches. It just I've learned, you know, something that they knew. So when I was at junior college with uh, my coach, I learned how DBs think because he was, you know, that his thing was DBs. When I was at uh, Georgia, I learned how to recognize a whole offense from the quarterback uh, point of view and a coordinator's point of view. That's why I think, you know, picking up the offense is kind of easier to me now. You know, learning from him. So everywhere I went, I've learned something.
0: So interesting. This is one big puzzle you've put absolutely. together. Absolutely, it's
1: like I'm just putting together a knitting big puzzle. a fabric of yeah.
0: I'm, that is interesting. Absolutely. So with Furry, I mean, he's obviously he was a outstanding receiver. You know, a guy had you know hundred some catches in one season, mm-hmm. and he's fiery and looks like he could still play. Uh, <laughs> Don't tell him that. Yeah, but linebacker. I mean, the tech. Yeah. The, <laughs> he's he is thick. Right. He's all yoked up. But the little the. Anyb- I can't say anybody because that would be ridiculous, but, you know, guys can play pitch and catch. Yeah. But can you get open and actually do and something the with thing. the ball? that's the thing. You've got to be able to get refining open. Refining your
1: route. Absolutely. So
0: what does that take? When, pe- when people hear the term, you've got to refine his route running, what does that mean?
1: That's just, you know, more so like just discipline. And even when you win at the line of scrimmage, to not get overexcited and abandon, you know, abandon everything that you've been training. You know, when you win still, stay level-headed and just complete the route. You know, I just, it just take like, it's routine and it's discipline. It can.
2: So, you know, you talk about climbing the ladder when you come to the NFL, and a lot of your reps early in training camp come with Chase Daniel. Mm-hmm. Can a guy like him, with his experience, even though he's not a receiver, help you talk about routes a little bit more just because he, he has experience in the system and years of experience of – Seeing other receivers,
1: uh, I'm sure he can. You know, also does he, he help you? Also, uh, and he definitely yeah. did. Um, just you know, talking with him and trying to understand what he saw from a quarterback point of view, because you know, it's always you know, you know what I tell him what I saw, or he'll tell me what he saw. But most importantly, you know, I want to know what the quarterback saw because whatever he saw, he's throwing the ball, so I want to see the same thing he see so right. I can make sure I get the ball. What kind of good discussions do you have with Mitch Trubisky? How what what are the
0: relationship questions? In terms of football, that you guys talk about throughout the course
1: of a practice, or after practice, or in the meeting room, um, just pretty much trying to get on the same page. Whether it's you know, you know, I saw you know your route in this way, you know, if you'd have did it this way, you know, it would have helped me out as a quarterback. And you know, I explained to him, or maybe I would explain to him why I did a route a certain way, you know, to kind of help make sure I got open and stayed on his time and stayed on his path. What about talking to defensive
2: backs? Can you have a conversation with those guys at this point and they tell you details about your gait or something if you're, um, you know, the way you want to run around or how
1: to work something more efficiently against a defensive back? Oh, absolutely. Prince, you know, and I, I hated going against him in camp because he, it's <laughs> like he he knows everything, him and Kyle. But, you know, I would tell him and I would ask him all the time, like, you don't even know the play. So how why did you take off, you know, running or – and he'll tell me like, oh well when you for example, when you raise up while you in the middle of your route, I know you probably about to stop. Hmm. You know, or yep. yeah. yeah, just certain things, just small little details like that, you know, they will give great feedback. So I'm like, okay, I needed that.
0: So how do you take it from practice to Sunday, those little nuances? So that because in the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. sometimes it's only natural to think, all those things you work on may go out the window because mm-hmm. you want to make a big play.
1: Well, it just like you said, just gotta like I you gotta be level-headed. You gotta understand and you know go go back to your training, and that's why I'm saying like just refining you know routes. You gotta stay disciplined. You know even if you may win at the line of scrimmage, you gotta stay disciplined in the details. If I got a regular go route and I win at the line of scrimmage, don't fade away. Try and stack them because me fading away, the cornerback may be a four-two guy, and there's no way you know a four-four or five guy go probably outrun a four-two guy. So if I stack them. I have the opportunity to outrun him because he can't run through my body. But if I fade away, then he has an angle to catch up to me. So it's just small details like that. Are, and you, and are for, you? Let me just say yeah. it because
0: people who don't know the game enough to understand what stacking is. Yeah. Explain a little more.
1: Uh, stacking. Simple terms. So if me and you are are um, racing, if me and you are racing and there's no rules to the race, I want to <laughs> take my body and put place my body in front of your body so that you cannot run past me. Mm-hmm. Right. The only way for you to be past me is for you to literally run your body through me. Very good. When good, you, job, uh, good job, Javon. You know he wants to be in this business one <laughs> day. Oh, yeah. I know. we this talked practice about practice for me. This yeah, it's practice. practice. He, you go.
0: like you like the headset on? I love it.
2: I love it. <laughs> Are you a football fan? Do you watch football when it's on? Oh, I'm a football fan. I'm more of a basketball fan. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta be happy that the NBA opening season. But if you're watching football, do you gravitate towards the wide receivers, DBs only, or do you watch the game?
1: No, it's funny. So whenever I watch football now, it's like I see it different. So whenever something happens or like a play happen, you know I'm like, okay, that's a MA misassignment. Right. That's a busted coverage. Or you can't know, have MAs. Y'all know you can't have MAs. No. But or you may um, I just see the game from more of a not of fans' point of view now. I see it from, like, more of an X's and O's point like of view now. You're watching it as a business game. Yeah, I'm watching yeah. it as, like, oh, like, he just wanted that line of scrimmage, he should get the ball. Or, like, I'm looking at defenses just naturally because now since I'm in the NFL – I can't do nothing but pay and, Okay, they plan a lot of this on this down. It's just certain things I'm now gravitating to that I wouldn't have known three years ago.
2: So a team that you don't see very often in your football life, you won't see the Sandy or the LA Chargers very often. Is it more difficult because you don't see an opponent very much, or is it easier when you see Green Bay, Detroit,
1: Minnesota a couple times a year? Oh, I, honestly, I it's harder. To, I think I believe it's hard to beat any team more than once when right. you play them like two times or three times a season, it's hard to beat a team twice, no matter how good or, you know, bad the record makes you know, show. It's just hard to beat a team twice. But um, it's definitely whenever you got to play a team once, it's definitely, I think, it's more of a, I don't say easier, but it's, you have a higher chance of, uh, you know, winning. Right. Thoughts on the Chargers real quick. What you seeing defensively? Uh, a great defensive team. They got some, you know, they got some guys on defense. And, you know, I think, you know, we stick to, you know, the things that we do good, we should be fine. You guys feel confident? Of course. Noon start
2: on a Sunday, no less. I mean, you talk about the up-and-down roller coaster schedule mm-hmm. that you've had, the night games to London and stuff. I mean, a good old-fashioned noon
0: start in Chicago. I like it.
1: I love the noon games. Me too. The sun is out. I love it. Yep. All right, bailiwick. We got a definition for you. Really Ready? ready? The
0: sphere in which one has superior knowledge oh, wow. or oh. authority, superior a special knowledge. domain. Or it could be the office of jurisdiction of a bailiff. So that's not the oh, case I in this country. Hey, it was w- like you lit it on <laughs> fire. <laughs> we gotta let you go. you enjoy it. Hope you'll come back sometime. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Appreciate your time. Javon Wims, good luck on Sunday and the rest of the season as the Bears meet the Chargers. Tom and I'll be back for one more thought on the game coming up on Sunday after this break on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. Back with you on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. Jeff and Tom with you. Javon Wims, I enjoy talking to you. You know why? Because he's another one of these self made players. And the part I didn't realize was, you know, the type of coaching these guys are getting along the way. And sometimes it's, it's not as precise as it maybe should be or could be or because of staffing limitations or whether you get to the NFL because you had to go through junior college first and wait your turn to get to a big-time school, and then you get to the big-time school, and they're not throwing the ball, they're running the ball. Wow, first time you're getting coached is the NFL level as a seventh-round pick. So what that tells me... His ceiling is very high. Oh,
2: no doubt about it. Javon Wims, the brightness of his future is ahead of him. And, you know, the thing about it is last year when we were watching him, he wasn't having the practices that he needed to have in the place he was drafted with his skill set. This training camp was completely different for him. He was making the big catches that he was expected to make in that type of working atmosphere. When he's got his opportunities in the games, he's been able to answer the bell. But, you know, you're kind of sitting on that competitive bench. It's the same bench that I sat on, waiting for my opportunity to present itself, and there's just not a lot of notification in the NFL. So in Javon's case from this point on, when that, opportunity other than game 17 and 18 at the end of a regular season somewhere in the midst of a regular season that opportunity was to go out and play 45 snaps that's when we got to see Javon Wims
0: all right did you listen to news conferences this week and what was your impression of everything and and the fact that they they did have a players only meeting we won't know what was discussed but it seemed to be a cathartic moment for the guys
2: um, first of all I hate players only meetings. I'm not for that. I don't think you really accomplish anything. It's not like you're going to make someone Yeah. You're not going to make someone biggest, bigger, faster, stronger, more dedicated. It, it may be able to air out some grievances, but I I don't think there's any grievances in the locker room. I think it's just a way to make sure that everybody stayed in a, staying in a focused positive direction. And because the team meetings that I've always been a part of is when we are kind of in a uh, you know just trying to save the season or we are in a disaster mode and so um i i just think it's about uh un- understanding what you need to do in order to get better and there's a lot of things that you know statistically you know you could check the box of the what things you need to do in order to get better it's pretty simple yeah <laughs> that, and that's what i'm saying it's not a, you, you can talk about the topic at the podium but the topic was pretty central right. what's your impression of the chargers um, I, I love Philip Rivers. I, he's the most awkward looking athlete with the best results I've ever seen. His dedication to his teammates. Um, he makes receivers better. He's building a young tight end. He's got a running back that held out. So he developed the running back that was next in line and he's actually performing better than Melvin Gordon, who, who held out. They have some defensive injuries that are obviously holding them back, but they got a coach that has a lot of energy um, and the most important player on their team is the best player on their team in Philip Rivers
0: Russell couldn't back uh, he had a pulmonary embolism that caused blood clots very dangerous situation but you know he's an outstanding tackle yeah. and that very their their tackles are nameless right now i mean they they they're working through a lot of injuries three guys already on IR for the rest of the season that's kind of complicated them a little bit they're not they're scoring 20 points a game but that's the scary part. They do throw the ball well enough to move the chains.
2: Well, that's the thing about it. I think it puts a sense of urgency in the head of Philip Rivers. He's not going to sit there and say, "Okay, I'm going to have four sets, four seconds of protection." He's going to look at the defense and say, "Where's my biggest vulnerable vulnerability lie?" And I'm going to get the ball out of my hands. Sometimes that makes desperation a better, a bigger weapon. Um, and I hate to say it, because going back to the '85 season and playing that Miami Dolphins game, when Dan Marino was kind of clued in on what he could do to that defense and how quickly he needed to get it to done, done, to stay safe, they did it. And so I have the same concerns for defensively.
0: Phillip. Black Joey Bosa and Brandon Meebane. That's a good place to start, right? Cut them often early
2: and often (laughs) make them make them think about something other than using their hands to
0: disengage from a tackle sounds like an offensive lineman that you are all right we'll talk to you on the radio on sunday on news radio 780 and 105.9 fm wbbm 9 a.m pregame noon kickoff thanks for joining us everybody for paul zarang and dan brilli our producers and for you for listening to Wims and tom there i'm jeff joniak this is chicago sports radio 670 the score